I don't have a way to lead into this one. This is just going to be like me being boring Jake, just being like, welcome back to episode 11. This is why I like the the, the completely random offshoot stories. Tell me something. What was the last thing you bought on the internet? Uh, I, I guess the last thing I intentionally bought was a grill, a, a George Foreman grill, nice. uh, electric stand-up grill for my, my balcony in my uh, downtown apartment because we can't have charcoal or propane. And right. so it's electric. It right. is electric, yeah. And the first thing I grilled on it was a vegan burger. <laughs> and then I said it to my very conservative military dad. And he says, look what Minnesota's doing to you. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I was like, actually, was it good though? Was it was, the burger it was good? phenomenal. You know what's great about it too is that um, it was actually the same cost as a pound of ground beef. And it was this, it was so. It was a pound of vegan, uh, plant-based beef. It was, it was, uh, the brand impossible, impossible beef. Oh uh, yeah. And yep. I don't know why it was the same price. Usually that stuff is way more expensive, but maybe it's just coming down. But you know what the cool part about it was, is that I didn't have to wait for it to cook all the way through. Like I was eating it. I was like eating pieces of it like raw just because I can, because there's not any like of the farm, uh, parasites in it. Parasites. <laughs> Cause it's, it's just plants. Yeah. yeah. And so when you cook it, you can cook it for way less time and still have like that irony red, like fake kind of blood um, feel <laughs> to blood. it. Yeah. Plant, plant blood. Yeah. I mean, you can take, you can tell that it's not a, like a meat burger you, mm. just by the taste. It just tastes different, but it's still, it's still a burger and it still tasted pretty good. Uh, for the, one, the sausages, I can't remember. It was like plant sausage. Oh. It was okay. I would do it again. I haven't but I would. I'm just not going to go out of my way, I guess. Yeah, for the record, I'm not vegan or vegetarian, but I do like to dabble. <laughs> uh, Lauren is L- Lauren's getting she's she's not a pre- she doesn't like red meat as much as I do. But we do go to we do get steaks every now and then at a steakhouse near here called Manny's. It's so good. But we're just trying to like take it easy on the red meat. I think she has a little bit of a moral dilemma with it, and I can I can kind of agree with it too. But it's just mm. it's so damn good, and we've pretty much switched to only like chicken and fish in terms of meat. So, but if if this vegan, if this impossible meat stays the same price, I think we're just gonna do that a lot. Okay, we're con- I gotta... conservatively vegetarian. We're conserv <laughs> we're vegetarian if if it makes fiscal sense. <laughs> That's smart. No, that makes sense. I was gonna say this is a little bit of a political one, but it could be potentially fun. I was reading the the laws that Iowa passed most recently, and one of them was allowing um, semi-automatics, including AKs, for deer hunting. And I was just, in my brain, I was imagining somebody buying like 12 tags and just massacring a herd and then just running out there and tagging them all. <laughs> well, semi- all in my head. Oh, I actually know a lot about this, not about this particular Iowa law, but you can, uh, I thought you've always been able to hunt with 7.62 rounds, which is what an AK shoots. And they so- said expanded, I think, if I remember right. I didn't do a great job of reading through it. There was also a few other ones. One of them was like 16 and 17 year olds can now watch children alone in daycare facilities. That was one. Uh, no expansion of uh, casinos oh. in Iowa. So like no new casinos for a few years. 
something about iowa has a lot of casinos Mm. dude missouri has this really weird casino rule where you can only have a casino on a river well that's what lauren told me maybe it's oklahoma but i mean yeah it's really stupid is this like a hack is this like you can't have casinos but water isn't land so i don't know but i remember hearing she's like yeah all the missouri casinos on a river and i thought about it i'm like yeah i guess they are we even have a casino that's a boat in kansas city that's kind of cool yeah but let me have you to the other ones though because some of them were cool not necessarily cool but one of them i just thought that was this was funny it was something about expanding you can't know like violence against old people or something i was like what <laughs> i don't get it what what changed before like, it was cool well, yeah not anymore <laughs> before it was fine you could do things to them you could hurt them you know but they, now... they had it coming <laughs> yeah i just uh i was scrolling through it and i thought uh okay well Wow, cool. All right. Well, Iowa, things be changing. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, cool. Uh, that was our open. So, welcome to episode 11 of the Ever I'm sure there's podcast. something good in there. Oh, I ruined it. Start over. Say it again. Uh, I'm not even talking now. Uh, okay. I'll do it again. Um, well, welcome to Evergrow's Pod. Oh, damn it. Dude, now you got me all messed up. Okay, I'll do it. All right, guys. Welcome. Wait. I, yeah, I'm going to. Here I go. Woo. Hyped up. Okay, guys. Welcome to the Ever Bros Podcast. This is Cody, and I am starting today for some reason, and that's all I got, and now it's Jake. I'm taking a break. Um, yeah, th- <laughs> today's episode is on Chase Relationships, uh, not money, in case you didn't read the episode title. This this is a really important one to us because we've kind of always had this as our business mantra in a way, but after what we talked about in the last episode of uh, every client not being a good fit for you, we've kind of expanded that to all aspects of our business, but have actually solidified it in our core instead of just being like, hey, let's just focus on you know client relationships because relationships extend beyond clients. They're internal. They're with industry insiders and leaders and, and publication people and, um, and your clients. So this we can piggyback a little bit off of the last episode which is one making sure your clients are a really good fit if you can make sure if you can hire better than you can fire in other words if you can onboard better (laughs) better than you can you know get rid of a bad client then you shouldn't have to deal with that as much and you're only building the relationship you're turning down clients who might have a lot of money in the pursuit of clients who have less money who pay for smaller packages but stay with you longer and then eventually grow into that high paying client which we have had multiple times uh, but i i don't want to rehash last episode i, I want to move into some new topics and one of them that i had was be okay with turning down business that competes with your client it's a business model that we have uh, that we've had since we started and mm-hmm. we ran into this a lot earlier for some reason now we're a bit spread over spread around the map i've got a little pin pin map above my computer that shows me where all of our clients are and some of them we have like tight little clusters but none of them interact with each other yeah either with service areas or services but early on we were getting clients our prospects that were calling us and, and wanting our marketing services but we already had a client in the area and multiple times i had to turn down people and i remember going to code you cody and being like hey i think we're running into an issue where we're getting a lot of like clients in the same area and we're turning down a lot of business and there were situations where i turned down multi-million dollar businesses and at the time they would have been our first million dollar plus a client uh i say that in terms of their revenue not how much they pay us but it might be cool yeah yeah uh i actually wouldn't i don't want to i don't want a client pays us a million dollars right now yeah no not right now yeah yeah no no, we don't have the infrastructure for that yeah like come back to us in a few years and then cool yeah 
but uh, there was a client in our area and I had to turn them down and our client in that area was on like our basic package and this new client would have been you know paying us three times as much as them and I stuck to my guns I said no we already have a client in this area really sorry and I remember beating myself up around that but I'm like yeah whatever mm-hmm. that's our business model but to to that effect also let your client know this is kind of like a little it's a little shady little it's a trick it's more of like a like a, a psychological thing reach out to your client and tell them hey this company reached out to me and I had to turn them down because they competed with you. The responses that I always got back from my existing clients were just absolutely amazing. They were like, no way. I can't believe you would do that. Like, this is really cool. And every client I have, I've had to do that with is still with us uh, today. And that, you know, who's to say that the new client, if we would have kicked our existing client off and hired this new one, which is a really shitty thing to do. Oh, but if, if we did that, who's to say that the new client would be with us today? Um, also we could have gotten a bad review from an existing client. Like, Hey, you're only as good as the highest payer or highest bidder in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, so really try to chase those relationships with your existing clients and, uh, and, and build that because it will snowball. Yeah. I'm a bigger fan of less and steady money is better than big and volatile. If you can eventually like when we're bigger <laughs> swing both cool, but you no, know, with where we're at too, it's a, it's a very nice place to put and position your business uh, when you have a solid baseline of solid relationships and as a consequence, steady income. And then you're better equipped to go after the bigger fish. I would rather a small client pay me uh, $10,000 over the course of a year than a client pay us $10,000 a month and us not have the infrastructure to mm-hmm. support that. Because when you chase relationships, that money that you would have gotten immediately from a bigger client, you will get over time. And that client will snowball and not just snowball in their own services as they grow, but send you referral traffic. And that referral traffic is technically income that that client provided you because they referred them to you. And like in our last episode, if if you get referral traffic from uh, one of your existing good clients, then then they should be, you know, also a uh, another good client. Dude, I feel like I've said client like a hundred times in the last (laughs) six minutes. That's like my. I'm gonna trademark that word. Client, 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 client. You just gotta say it enough so it loses meaning. Uh, I don't like saying customer. It makes them makes me feel like they're a Walmart shopper. Customer. Well, mm-hmm. when we worked at yeah. Mud, so when we worked at Mud, I I called people who did direct mail. I called them customers, and the people who are the agency accounts, I called them clients because customer to me sounds transactional, whereas like a client is like more of a, a partner. Yeah. We can be like Target, and we could call them all guests. Is that what they do? Uh, yeah. Well, I think I, don't go to Target really. I think uh, I, I go to Macy's Target does it too. Drag to Target with Jenny. Uh, Otherwise, yeah. Like, Who wants to shop at Target? Why would you want to pay thirty percent more for the same products when you can just go to Walmart? <laughs> I I have this. Um, <laughs> we always say this thing: you you pay a thirty percent premium at Target to avoid the poor. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I don't shop at Target because I don't care. Like, I would rather be fiscally responsible and go to walmart dude i i'm the biggest supporter especially of iowa city walmart <clears throat> people rip on it for exactly what you said and i'm like everything's fresh always because everything goes out right away so you never have to check expiration dates because you know everything is always as fresh as it possibly can be wait where is this uh, iowa city walmart oh yeah uh, well, I do go to Target sometimes for the their produce because their produce is well, in okay. West St. Paul Walmart is a trash can, 
Like it is so bad. <laughs> they're always out of stock. I don't know who does their purchasing, but it's, it is awful. A monkey with two left hands could do their purchasing better. Oh, okay. So hold on, break it down, break down. Where do you get your groceries? Do you get them all at one place or do you have to split up your grocery shopping? No way, man. I go to Walmart. If I had to split up my grocery shopping, I'm not going grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to go out to eat. Yeah, I, I we get all of our stuff at Walmart, and we've actually we drive to a Dex town over just because the Walmart's better and are, are better stocked. But sometimes, sometimes we do have to split it up, and we have to go to Target when like Walmart doesn't have any avocados or they're out of potatoes. Um, mm. Then we go to the Target Supercenter uh, next door, which is handy. It's it's literally next door, so that's handy. But other than that, we stay away from like if you pay like fifty cents for an avocado at Walmart, you pay like a dollar twenty at Target. It's stupid. That's mean. It's very mean. No, yeah, they know what they're doing. It's a racket. But I will say this though: every time we go to Target, their produce is like beautiful. And like sometimes <laughs> when we go to Walmart, there's like moldy produce. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. But I learned that Walmart carries ambrosia apples which are the best so other places just don't carry them and i can't bank on anywhere else to have them yeah yeah i'm not a big apple person i am with peanut butter though granny smith apples and peanut butter so good i don't know the last time i had a granny smith Mm, we should change that do you use an apple slicer or do you just cut your apples or do you just eat it it. Uh, sometimes i eat them it depends on the day like if i'm feeling wild an apple (laughs) if i'm just if it's a crazy day i just go there i still wash it off like I'm totally crazy. I'm like rinse it off and then yeah, just eat at it. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I like to slice them because then you can dip them in peanut butter. I've and never I also that. when I eat, I have this gap in front of my teeth, and when I eat, like apple skin gets cut or gets stuck in there, and it's an, it's annoying. So that's why it's better to just slice them for me. Mm. But applesauce is gross. I think if you slice apples anymore and it turns into applesauce, then that, don't do that. I like applesauce. I'm cool with it. But the natural stuff where they don't have any added sugar, um, I know I'm supposed to like it, but I don't. I got the, I'm thinking about apple pie. I love apple pie. No, yeah, apple pie rocks. That has applesauce in it. I never right. thought of it that way. Okay. <laughs> Back to the podcast. Back um, to... Yeah. So I'm glad I wrote notes because now I know where I'm at. We... Yeah, what do you have next? What is... I mean, you're bulleted, right? You got the bullets. I do have the bullets. Next um, bullet. The next bullet is it's okay to refuse business if it preserves a relationship or if you could potentially see something not performing well. So mm-hmm. the two mm-hmm. ends of the spectrum here, we'll talk about the latter. We've had situations where people weren't necessarily in our industry or weren't uh, didn't have the business model we were used to. So right now we're we're just doing you know local service based businesses, primarily landscaping and lawn care. We've had other people approach us with different businesses within the same industry. So still the landscaping and lawn care industry, but slightly different. Uh, the one that approached us, uh, they had an app. And the app allowed a business person or a landscaper or a lawn care provider to upload basically their fuel receipts for their lawn equipment. So anything that wasn't on the road fuel, they got a tax credit for it. And it would save landscaping and lawn care business owners like tens of thousands of dollars a year. And it would spit out the reports they would need for their CPA and everything like that. But this thing had a subscription to it. And I remember, so we got on a call with this guy and we were like, hey, yeah, let's talk about this business model. Let's see if our services would be feasible for you. This is part, this goes into our last episode of, hey, vet your clients, vet your potential clients and see if they're a good fit. And uh, basically his app, I think it was like five bucks a month or something like that. It it was kind of cheap. And then to, or, but you had to pay yearly. So you had to pay like 60 bucks 
total and you are locked into that. And I remember asking the question, I was like, hey, what what's stopping me from just downloading the app in December, paying 60 bucks and then canceling it? And he's like, uh, I guess nothing. And so that was when I was like, well, all right, well, let me let's let Cody and I think about this a bit. And then so we hopped on a call after our normal calls, as we always do, to talk about it internally and ultimately determined that it wasn't a very good business model. You know, it feels kind of weird at first grading somebody else's business that you're not in. But from a marketing standpoint, which is how we looked at it, was if we provide you the services that we provide our other clients, do we think you will be profitable uh, given what you pay us? And the answer was no. So if if we would have to grow, if he paid us 600 bucks a month at the time, which was our pricing, uh, we would have to give him back like 60 clients or 60 new subscribers a month just to break even a month. And at the end of the year, you're talking like 750 new users to the to the app. And that's not even profitable. So we just decided to, to not do that. And so we went back to him and we're like, hey, because he was a CPA. So uh, in, in like his day job or something, and we're like, hey, look, we don't want to promote just this app that you have. We would rather promote you as a industry CPA for landscaping and lawn care business owners. So this is a service that you we would promote with you as the brand. And that's what we'd be comfortable with doing. And if you don't want to do that, then I don't think we're going to be a good fit. And ultimately, he didn't want to do that. So that's one of those things where we're like, yeah, I'm glad we did that because we wouldn't have been successful and it would have been a bad relationship. Yeah, I think there's a, I don't want to say you can't work with people with different beliefs and philosophies because that's just entirely not true. You totally can. So a little bit more on this situation, I would describe this guy and I think he wasn't even solo. I think he had a partner or yeah, at least one partner, something like that. But as we grilled him more about the finances, you could tell his mindset was very Silicon Valley. Uh, build it and flip it is probably the simplest way to describe it. And we are the opposite of build it and flip it. I think, we think you need to make money along the way. And if you want to have a sustainable business, then you need to to operate with that with that business model. So if if that's what you're thinking or the person with with that kind of mentality on how they want to grow something like that, if if they're thinking, "Oh, I'm just going to build this and then later on I'll figure out how to make it profitable while giving us money that we have to justify back to him is a very difficult thing to do." And and I think that it would be hard hard to see eye to eye with someone like that and have a, a relationship where you're in agreement on performance and the direction of growth and all of that. So yeah, you totally can in, in a lot of cases, but I think that was one that made it especially difficult to work with. Yeah. Just purely financials. And and you don't know who this person is um, I don't want to say in bed with, but I'm going to say in bed with, because <laughs> if they're in your industry and they're coming to you, chances are they know other people in your industry and, and they might have a close relationship with an industry stakeholder or someone who has a big name for themselves. And if you do accept that and it goes south, then that negativity is only going to reflect on your business for that much longer. Where if you just decline the work and said, no, I don't want to handle this, then it, it ends there. It stops there. We actually had that with uh, that one client that we were talking about in the last episode, which was he, he had what we would call a, a pretty big uh, industry following. 
uh, in some of the groups that he was in. And I was like, hey, this could be really bad for us if we fire him because then he's going to be able to go back to all of his other industry friends and, you know, badmouth us or say that we're not, you know, a good agency and we, and we would do this. But then we also came to the realization that if we continue this, the inevitable is just going to happen. Either he's going to fire us or we're going to say enough is enough, you know, further on down the road. And at that point, they're going to have so much more to say about us negatively if we continued that negative relationship. So that's when we made that executive decision to say, you know, we're, we're done now. So there is less to be held against us. And yeah. But it goes the other way too. Like you could have people in the industry who aren't necessarily your ideal client, but still in the industry and form partnerships with them and relationships with them. And one of them that we have is Scott with uh, Million Dollar Landscaper. He has that podcast that we've mentioned in a previous episode. <clears throat> and that podcast has gotten us a lot of traffic and a lot of uh, leads and a few clients. Uh, a lot of them are still in the pipeline because the episodes just recently aired. So he approached us. I mean, we've we've kind of made subtle, not jabs, but subtle things about his website. <laughs> but they were things that were like, just like not working. Like a URL was broken or a link was, you know, going to- It was well-intended. Yeah, like, hey, yeah. Seriously, just for functionality, you might want to- Yeah, and, and we honestly had really had no intention of <laughs> like taking over that. We were just saying, hey, you should fix this. And he- he has us listed on his website as a like uh, a partner or a referral or his one of his resources. He's also got one of our competitor. Well, I mean, kind of a competitor of ours on there as well. And I feel bad sometimes because his clients have come over to us and almost stopped services like mid month or mid build and had us start working. And so I would imagine he doesn't like us very much. And we almost just had it happen again, where he was building out a website for a new client and the new client wanted us to take over ads. And I said, Hey, we don't break out SEO and ads. I mean, uh, if you listen to our previous episodes, we have our packages. This is what you get. And he was considering firing him and hiring us just to handle everything. And I'm like, man, this is not a good look. So I went to Scott on Facebook and I said, hey, dude, here's the situation. Uh, when you promote us, make sure that like we take over everything because we're in this really awkward situation where he can fire our competitor who is also a resource of uh, on for you and also a partner to you. And then it makes us look like we're stealing his clients. I'm like that's that's not how it's going down. Um, fortunately he actually that that client actually did go with our competitor fully, uh, which I'm kind of happy for. But uh, he goes, yeah, no, he's like, no worries. I do try to communicate this. Some guys just don't listen. And uh, but then he sent me another message at the end of that thread. And he goes, hey, I, I was actually wanting to talk to you guys about doing something for my website and our marketing. You know, we've been kind of stuck at our our growth for the last year. And uh, the current agency is you know, not necessarily giving us what we are after. Uh, so Cody and I actually just had that call with him today, this morning, to to see what we can do to help. And, uh, you know, he's not our typical client. So we had to have a little powwow right after the call that, um, that we typically have. And although it's not our standard set of services that we're going to offer or how we price them, we're still going to help them out because we are building this relationship. And actually, we, we even presented them. We said... Uh, if we take you on as like a traditional client, we risk losing the relationship because 
if things go south or they're not, I mean, it's not what we're used to marketing or what we're used to doing. So if we don't produce the results that he needs, then, you know, the relationship can go sour and, you know, suddenly we're not, you know, a partner or we're not on the podcast anymore, get kicked out of his group or something. And that's just not what we want to deal with. So we had to come up with some creative solutions to figure out, hey, what's the best thing that we can do to one, help you out and also make sure that this relationship is preserved. <laughs> it's really, a, it's, it's an offshoot, but I am a big believer in everybody can win between you and your competition. I think people have enough demons themselves and struggle with enough of their own problems and their own limits on themselves that the things that are holding them back are not competitors. So I think that you and your competitors can both win. You can both improve. You can both get better. And that the things that are holding you back, it's just not each other. It's realistically you. You're the one holding yourself back. And like, I'd say like the majority of the time when we learn about the details about what people care about or their priorities, then there's usually a big enough difference, even if it's self-defined, that somebody might want to go with a competitor over us because we're saying, well, if you don't know that, then we know that about ourselves. Um, so we're telling you that you're not a good fit for us. So those things can happen. And and again, I guess I say that because it's not worth building a sour relationship about. You can have friendly rivalries and that's fun, but don't actually, don't go West Side Story. I said, I don't even know what West Side Story is. I, I, I've I never watched it or read it or whatever you do with the media Musical, consumption right? regarding West Side Story. Yeah, it it's a musical. Uh, they got like butterfly knives. I they think. keep remaking it. And I keep hearing, and it just gets like it, the the trailers for it just get worse and worse every time I see it. So I'm just like, <laughs> I don't ever want to see this. Like I'm over it. Never. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. We have some friendly friendly rivalries. We have some. I guess we don't have any like negative rivalries uh, at all. Uh, but not that I know about. I mean, yeah, I mean, they probably have some internal grudges, but that's on them. This would be one of those things where if, if somebody, like if I was walking down the street and they were like, hey, Tony Ricketts doesn't like you, I'd be like, what? Who's Tony Ricketts? I, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is news to me. I thought he was an okay guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... Uh... In case you guys don't know, that's one of our, uh, what we would consider our competitor. Although I still think we serve different businesses. I think he's more of like the franchise. Um, yeah. I mean, and... yeah, I think there's enough differentiating. Yeah. But even so, also, like I, don't, it... I don't think he serves comp the same competition in his market. So we could technically be in his market, you know, like we could compete for the same business, but if like, if they get that business, then okay, well, we'll just go after somebody else in your market. I guess I realize I'm a danger of sounding like Gary Vee when he's like, I got nothing but love for you, brother. Like, I'm not trying to be quite that guy, but I'm just saying that like, it's all about authenticity <laughs> or he sounds like Charlie day. It's all about authenticity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm just trying to say like, even those relationships matter. If you get malicious about it, that will cost you money in a weird way so yeah uh yeah we uh i think we have a i have a podcast on deck some sometime where it's uh don't talk negatively about your competition i actually wrote a blog post about this on jconley.com where it's if you talk negatively about your competition you will lose sales instead of building yourself up um you know hey this is why you should go with me or why you shouldn't go with me you're tearing somebody else down it's the same thing as bullying like you're tearing somebody else down to make you look better without actually presenting your own value and people see right through that whether they consciously think it or whether it's subconscious, they will see you as the person who 
is okay with tearing somebody down and not just promoting your own values. Mm-hmm. But I, that's a good relationship point too, is is relationship with your competitors. So I had- How many more bullets you got? I got uh, a couple more. I have one that you brought up, which was relationships are snowballs, which I kind of, mm. which I kind of mentioned before. Um, it, you you mentioned that people will push hard early on and um, like salesmen, like yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was um, in regards to pushing, yeah, pushing hard early on and and kind of going through the difficult times to mm-hmm. watch this relationship with a client kind of snowball in, into something a lot bigger. Yeah, here's what I see. Even as the operations guy, like I'm not, I'm not, I've said before, I'm not really super involved in the actual sales portion of acquisition, but like I am active, like in Facebook groups, especially where I'll comment and, you know, contribute value, give people advice when they ask questions, that sort of thing. The guys, let's say guys is now gender neutral. I'm just going to say that. It, it includes women too. The people, the guys who come out swinging in their first year and they're just promoting, promoting, promoting nonstop. Hey, come to me. I'm amazing. Get this. I will make your business amazing. There's a logo uh, guy doing this and a entrepreneurs. It, the group is called entrepreneurs and there's a logo guy. Just like, that's all he does. It's just like, do you need a logo? You know, website? and I think, I mm-hmm. think the guy is generally, like, he's a good guy and he's not like he, his diction is very, um, very informal. And I appreciate that about him. But sometimes I'm like, dude, shut up. Like people know you're in this group. Yeah. I I think either like someone with good intentions needs to just tell them because those people aren't here in a year. They're gone uh, because this stuff takes time. I mean, I kind of lucked out because Jake, you had been building relationships in this industry before I came on board for years. So, well, a then, year. okay. A year. That's still a long time. And yeah you benefit from that and it it does it snowballs and then you see all the perks i think a really simple example of this is it is very difficult to guest author i don't mean guest post as in like i I purchased a guest post or i'm doing reciprocal linking i mean like a legitimate publication that you're getting your name on and writing a quality article that's a very difficult thing to do the first time it is very easy to do the second time um once you yes. have been approved, once you've, once you know the editor, once they know that you write good stuff and that their audience likes it, uh, all you have to do is reach back out to them again and be like, "Hey, I got an idea. What do you think of this? Can we get it posted?" And usually they're like, "Whatever you want, man. Whatever. Let's do it." Yeah, you become like whitelisted. It gets so much easier to post stuff on things if you can build those initial relationships, which is pretty much all I was doing without realizing I was doing that in my first year before Cody, which was just getting in lawn care forums and groups and and just answering questions and building this foundation. And then also, I mean, the the like the three or four months before you joined, I was going hard on promotions and building relationships with that podcast the guy who had that podcast uh for lawn care business owners and um then also writing articles for turf magazine and green industry pros who didn't publish those until after we partnered together uh, but they received them and they accepted them prior to you coming on and i just remember being deathly afraid of bringing you on and then not being able to supply the leads because i'm like oh this is up to me now to actually bring in clients and that all paid off and we have never questioned where the next lead was going to come from because mm-hmm. that foundation was built 
over a year and it, it wasn't it wasn't due to you know selling ourselves or or you know just posting all the time it was literally just being a resource for a year and then everything just kind of snowballed and i think late 2019 is when it really took off and then 2020 was we saw another big growth and then 2021 was probably our biggest growth spurt so far mm-hmm. you brought this next one up uh again that's a twofer you better hit a turkey if you get one more Usually I'm just the hype man, but I'm yeah. coming with topics today. Yeah. So, uh, sorry, that was delayed about the turkey. No, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I actually just used that reference with Lauren the other day uh, and she goes, what is a turkey? Uh, you get out. What? You tell her to get out. You're like, get out. Right <laughs> I now. said, it's a bowling reference. I just, <laughs> I just explained it. Um, yeah. So chasing relationships or, or, or nurturing relationships internally with your internal team is better than is oftentimes better than chasing anything for monetary gain. And this kind of ties into the last episode about us firing that high paying client because we valued our internal relationships with our employees more than we did a client's money. And mm-hmm. I think it's turned out I think it's turned out a lot better for us. I mean, I think if we still had that client, I don't think we would have any employees right now. I think it would just be us trying to manage their account. And, yeah. and you know, we'd probably be losing other accounts left and right but making sure everybody's happy i know like you do a lot of work with lisa and eva and mm-hmm. just checking in with them and seeing how they're doing i know uh when we hired lisa she lives in Colombia, so legally she's not an employee and i have to disclose team member that. yeah team, team member, member as said by our lawyer <laughs> but we pay her and we treat her like she's an employee and but not in the legal sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> throwing out the disclaimers every time there is that, that parks and rec I'm... episode where um um amy uh amy's care amy i can't remember last name um but she goes to check on andy and the uh hospital after he falls in the hole it's like episode two and she's like i'm so sorry and like the the legal advisors in the doorway he's like nope can't say sorry that implies yeah. <laughs> and like he's just like nope 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 <laughs> yeah so she i mean there was a whole lot of loopholes that we had to go through to pay her and and you know do everything legally and clean and you know just checking in with them and making sure that hey like how how's your workload doing you're not overburdened i can see a lot of this stuff in ClickUp because all of us track time in ClickUp except for cody mm-hmm. um <laughs> that wasn't pointed at all um nope. And I can see what their workload looks like, how many tasks they're assigned and everything like that. But it, it doesn't always give a clear picture. Uh, and sometimes I just have to ask them and say, hey, how does your workload actually look? Like Lisa said that doing um, images for a website takes, you know, five to seven hours. And then I looked at, we launched one of our clients' websites and the entire website launch took seven hours. And I was like, liar. <laughs> but then we had another website that took 30 hours. So like it, it, it does kind of average out and it just depends on what the client is and, and, you know, what their current workload looks like on a subjective manner rather than just looking at numbers. But when they're looked after like that, they have more want and more desire to actually do things that aren't client related. So research uh, how to better use Divi, which is our website builder, uh, to create cooler and unique things on the website and i know uh lisa said she wanted to do that and she felt motivated to do that which is cool because i didn't tell her to give me a second this is i'll be right back give me one minute okay one minute 37 seconds later is that jenny Jenny? was she being loud did you slap her around a little bit yeah a little bit yep (laughs) just (laughs) i think 
I think the only person I can think of louder than like the Llewellyn men is um that's sorry Jenny's family <clears throat> is yeah. probably my dad like on a golf course when you're at a whole like five and he's at nine and then there's just a really dumb joke he's like (laughs) you know (laughs) that's after like three beers or something (laughs) anyway um uh yeah it's talking about internal uh lisa is happy Mm -hmm. yeah i in my brain here's how i i split things is that i'm the operations dude jake well he's the position at ceo but a major part of his is like client relationships and sales. So I know that you've got client relationships under control. Really, for the most part with me, it's like, especially billing is number one thing where I'm communicating with clients or like, I mean, obviously ads and then just the occasional one-off things. But my main focus is internal. And just a simple example, the other day, Jenny asked me if I messaged the minions and talked to them about not work stuff. I'm like, yeah, we, we talk about lots of stuff. It's not all just strictly work. And she said, I can't remember what she gave her opinion, but like some, some people might see that as unprofessional or something like that. And I said, I think that's what make people like their jobs. If you keep things strictly business all the time, especially with a remote job, you lose the fun, you lose the culture. You already have to make a conscious effort in a remote environment to make things more fun. Yeah, you're not uh, working and, with people anymore. You're just working with like employee number four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you don't do those sorts of things, and then the, so the other one I'd throw out too is um when we even first partnered up, uh, our lawyer said to make a point to meet up together once a month, and some months we missed that, but and sometimes we meet up more than that, but we still do that too. Uh, just to make sure that, especially when you're owners, you want to make sure that you're on the same page. It, it really, people will say it all the time. It really is similar to a marriage. You just want to do like these check-ins and be like, hey, are your priorities still my priorities? Are we going in the right ways? Are we thinking the same ways? Are, are our projections where we want them to be? And are your life priorities um, still the same or have they changed? And how can I accommodate them? That sort of thing. Like really just open communication is really important at that upper level because uh if you don't do that you get blindsided later just like you do with a marriage where you're like who are you where did this come from why did you change like yeah you you, i mean we we brought this marriage concept up like cody and i are very much like a married couple uh, especially in business but you've kind of we've we've talked situations where there were certain times like i'm i'd still work working full-time and cody is doing this full-time and i remember saying to you like hey i'm okay if i give you a larger chunk of the profit percentage um and and more pay but there were situations where that was reversed where you were still working part-time but also going to school full-time and you had less hours to work on the business than i did even though i was working full-time and you offered that to me and i was like no i'm not in this partnership to gauge how much effort or how much output we get based on how much input uh, each of us produces. I partnered with you because I wanted your skills and your assets and um, well, we didn't have any assets, but I wanted your skills and I wanted your knowledge in the business. I didn't, I don't want, I don't care about your labor hours that you're going to put in the business. And then when you took on this full-time and then I continued full-time working, you reciprocated that and you were like, no, even though you're still only putting in 15, 20 hours a week in the business and I'm doing 40, 50, I still want to split things 50. 
and it just it, it makes things a lot easier it makes the trust a lot better i'd be almost willing to guarantee that as as soon as i start doing evergrow full-time and drop the full-time gig i will put more hours in than cody will it be impactful hours probably not but i will go hard i don't doubt it and yeah yeah i this is a personal belief that i have but I do like I deeply believe it. I think that when you have partnerships that the success of your business is limited by your interpersonal relationship and you have to grow together as your business grows or else you risk getting to a point where you're too big and the trust isn't there that the money becomes an issue because when you start out you want to imagine and think as though everything is very big and successful and you want to plan with those safeguards in place and we've talked about how we did that before too but there's just so much that either people ask me or they ask me if i worry about or they said that they're worried about and i'm like dude i don't i don't think about those things i don't worry about those things like jake just isn't a bad guy so i don't have to think that way i know what to expect from you and it's not surprising so I think when people do that and they develop that relationship, especially with a partner, that's very important. And then you get to sidestep all these problems that you hear about and read about. And I, it's how I like to do it. Um, you can do it the other way, <laughs> uh, but I imagine you'll sleep a little bit less. Um, you'll have to spend more time talking to lawyers. And it would just be easier if if you just build trust over time. I think that's. I mean, we're 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 talking more almost about just building relationships with your with your partners and, and internally too, but also nailing on you know building industry relationships and chasing those. But I did want to mention another partner based relationship too, which is still chasing our partner relationship and not the money mm-hmm. because I I think very much like a CEO. I am very money driven and and how can we grow revenue and cody's always there in the back seat to be like hey we should slow down a little bit uh we're gonna crumble internally and <laughs> this is a lot of the reasons why we say no to certain clients we've said no to multi multi-million dollar franchisees and franchises just because we didn't have the infrastructure to set in place because the scope of work we're more in line with cody's capabilities and he wasn't comfortable doing that and even though like I'm not the one handling certain aspects of that account, you know, Cody, I have to also respect Cody's capabilities and his time and his effort. And ultimately, as the CEO, it does come down to me whether or not we take on the client or not. But we have taken on and refused 100% in agreement on every one of our clients that we currently have. And we've met in the middle on some and I've listened to Cody and we've turned down clients because one of us wasn't going to be happy. And you have Jenny's dad, which we're talking about possibly doing something with. And there's certain aspects of this that I'm not comfortable with and certain aspects that Cody's not comfortable with. So we're thinking of something to meet in the middle and we'll talk to him, but we're just being open and honest with that with some of these client acquisitions and partnerships last one i have i'll wrap this up because i gotta take Faye out because i think she's gonna pee on my carpet but the last one i have is be careful who you build relationships with so it, mm. it, building relationships is a good thing but you can build relationships with the wrong people and by that i mean people who have a negative influence on the industry or could have a negative influence on the industry and you being associated with that person isn't a good look i almost ran into this issue before cody came on board there was another marketer who had a 
deeper foothold in the industry than I did. They were probably in the game a couple of years longer than me. Uh, they're, they no longer are now. And uh, I wanted to kind of leverage their audience. And I was even, they even had this like really terrible magazine that they thought was a good idea. And so I even wrote a little article in there for them. And after just seeing some of the reviews and some of their work, I was just like, I don't want to be a part of this at all. I, I don't, it's not going to be a good fit. And there's other businesses out there who do complimentary services to you that don't aren't necessarily, you know, your services, but you could profit off of. There was a sign, uh, a local or a sign guy um, that also did, I think, some postcards and like door-to-door hangers and thought about, we talked about partnering up initially, but then I saw on Facebook, he was kind of a loose cannon. And I just thought, I don't, this isn't a partnership that I want. I could see it going south. If he's a loose cannon to other people, he can be a loose cannon with me. But also he got a a lot of negativity about a year after I made the decision not to partner um, partner up. And that's what is the biggest thing is, is if you're new to the industry, be careful who you partner up with, focus on yourself first before you look at industry partnerships and then partner with people who have a really positive influence if you can, and who have a good following versus other people who are at your level. I don't think you should partner with people at your level or below it. <laughs> Personally, only go up. Yeah, only only go up. And I at Scott, for instance, at Million Dollar Landscaper, I think in terms of the industry and his and his audience, it was it's above our level. Um, he's got a bigger reach than we do, and so that was good for us. But then he, we have skills that he doesn't. So in his eyes, we're at a higher level in terms of marketing. So he partnered with us, and I don't want you to misconstrue that and think that oh, someone's at a higher level than me because they just offer a different service. He still offers marketing help and, and coaches and and things like that. But we're just there to supplement it but yeah that that's pretty much all i have to say be careful who you partner with that's good cool all right well we'll sum it up here so again chase relationships not money uh the first point is um make sure your clients are going to be a good fit make sure that relationship is going to be lasting and it's not a short-term thing for um, a quick monetary gain uh those will snowball They'll grow their uh, revenue with you or they'll grow their uh, spend with you and they can refer clients to you. So make sure you chase that. Uh, don't be afraid to turn away clients that are in your or turn away prospects that are in your client's area and then let your client know that you turned away a prospect because they would be competing with them. That really builds that relationship, even if that oncoming prospect has a much higher budget. Just be a good person. That's what it comes down to. Make sure uh, to build industry relationships. So people that aren't necessarily your client, but are in the industry. So this could be someone who owns a podcast or who has a podcast or who offers courses and training in your industry that you know, or other services that you don't offer and just build good relationships with them. One that Cody said that I like that I'm going to add in here is don't build or breed negative relationships with competitors. In fact, build positive relationships with competitors if you can. You don't have to be a referral source, but you can be if you find that maybe someone isn't a good fit for you, but you can at least give them someone you can refer to. That way it doesn't seem like, sorry, I don't know what to do for you. And I've done that a few times as well. Next one, our relationships are like snowballs. So even though you don't have a relationship now, you can start the relationship building process in the sales process or just in forums and groups and you can just be helpful and people can know you and you don't have to sell them as hard when they finally do need your services. That relationship is already built. 
I have guys who message me all the time from groups to ask me questions about their marketing and I answer them. I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't hide anything. I don't tell them they should pay for our services. I just tell them. That way when they're finally when they finally are ready to hire me, that relationship is already there. Focus on internal relationships, your team, your partners, everybody who you work with because a team that enjoys working together will stay together and it is cheaper to maintain employees than it is to hire employees uh and then um be careful who you build relationships with not everybody you you befriend uh is a good idea so just vet vet your partners vet your relationships and uh you should be good good stuff all right next i'll spend 18 hours tomorrow cutting all these episodes Ooh.